Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the Snare Campaign Provocateur. He doesn't count votes, only drinks. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? Uh, there's nothing going on. <laughs> no, Wait, there's absolutely something going nothing. on? I shut <laughs> off Twitter. I don't know. Benny, of the three of these things, beer, barbecue, and freedom, which do you value the most? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read that. Well, I think, like... Barbecue is a tricky one for me because as much as I respect it as truly the one form of invented and revered American cuisine, which it is. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the one we can put our flag in that uh, other places actually want to eat. You know, maybe some food in like New Orleans or something can can take the cake. But so uh, but as a 25 year vegetarian. Oh, I've been slighted at barbecue a lot. And even though I respect it, and back in the day, you know, I ate a pig's ear and shit like that. I don't care. Uh, I just haven't enjoyed it to its fullest. And I've spent a lot of uh, afternoons at barbecues <laughs> taking a bunch of ruffles and uh, some ketchup and putting it on a hot dog oh. bun and just having some lunch because that's all that there was for me. Yeah. So there is a little resentment. I love beer. Yeah. Beer is great. <laughs> Prefer a scotch most of the time. But I guess the real answer to that is, you know, without freedom, you can't get either at oh, your leisure wow. anyway. So I guess I value freedom <laughs> over barbecue and beer to answer your question. Oh, man, I can't wait till we go crash a, a uh, press conference in Arizona later tonight. It's going to be dope. Everybody tune in on Twitch. No, just kidding. That's it. Danny, um, you made me think of a funny story. Yeah, what's up? Speaking of uh, uh, having a personal morality bendable enough to cheat from time to time, when you were talking about taking a, an exam oh, yeah. <laughs> and you weren't allowed to use a calculator, it made me think of a story. So myself, I took the equivalent of the class Algebra 2 five times. Yikes. I took it three times to graduate high school and twice in college. Now... <laughs> The time I graduated in college, I was living one of one of my best friends, Evan, who's an engineering student and much smarter than I am at these things. And he, he's seeing me crunching. He's seeing me sweating a little bit, takes a couple looks at what I'm working on. He's like, do you want to learn this or do you want to pass the test? I'm like, oh, yo, I could give a fuck about learning this. So I'm like, this is some prerequisite shit. I just want to take the cool history classes. I don't care about yeah. this at all. And. He goes ahead and programs my Texas Instruments calculator with like five standard algorithms that if I plug in certain things, I can get close enough to a multiple choice answer yeah. to succeed on my test. And I did it and it worked. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. No, these tests so, are I tricky. was like Nevada. <laughs> Whatever's happening there. Oh, <laughs> are they man. taking a day off? Honestly... I've lost my shirt quicker in Vegas than it's taken for them to tally everything up. So it's kind of a uh, a fast coming out, hard going in, or whatever you want to say there. Now, are we being duped by our advertising overlords? Oh like, Come on. is someone is someone <laughs> behind the scenes no. slowing down a couple of these states to get to get forty eight hours of extra clicks and revenue and huffabaloo? You know, I don't know. It's possible. No, man, dude, they're called these MAGA dudes with guns that went to the polling place in Arizona and were like, we're going to hold you up. Like, stop counting the votes. 
Oh boy! All right, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into this. We'll get into. I like this. your MAGA voice. <laughs> I've curated it over a long history of going to the uh, Bayonne Costco. <laughs> oh, lovely place. Lovely piece. Oh, anyway, we'll get back into to the election in just a little bit. But right now, it's time for this day in music history. I ran into a fascinating story I didn't know that happened today. Mm. Now, Graham Parsons, mm-hmm. you know, famously of uh, many groups, he uh, went on a bit of a bender in 1973 at Joshua Tree National Park with some of his friends, spent most of the days apparently on barbiturates, spent most of the nights hanging with locals at bars, and at some point injected what he thought was liquid morphine that he bought from a girl, and he overdosed. And he died in Joshua National Tree Park. Now, the crazy part about this was his manager, Phil Kaufman, and friend Michael Martin were fined for stealing Parsons' coffin and body from the Los Angeles International Airport. I didn't know about any of this. This is wild. (laughs) So following his death in order to fulfill what they imagined were his desires. They arrived at LAX in, uh, in, in his personal Cadillac, a hearse impersonating mortuary workers. Oh, boy. Uh, and under the impression a pair had been hired by Parsons' family, Western Island, uh, excuse me, Western Airlines released the body to them. <laughs> they then drove it to Joshua Tree and set it on fire. The burning casket was reported by campers to local authorities, who investigated it and identified everyone involved. <laughs> his body was only partially cremated. The remains were recovered and returned to his family. They were subsequently accused of grand theft and fined for burning the casket. They also had to pay for Parsons' funeral. Uh, eventually, a small family service was organized in New Orleans. The, the family uh, regarded it as a publicity stunt and denied there could have been a promise between Parsons and his manager. Wait, they but, didn't go to jail? I, it doesn't sound <laughs> like it. It sounds like they stole... Dude, this is the early 70s, baby. You know the right people? You can steal a body out of an airport and burn it, and you don't go to jail, you know? I mean, it's probably still the same way. just depends who you know, baby. Yeah, um, network. But, you know, I, I the one thing I wonder about this story, though, is, like, you know, the family, of course, is like, he would never say that he wanted to, like come back to joshua tree and be burned but joshua tree is a pretty magical place and if you're sitting there high on barbiturates <laughs> like walking the joshua tree forest and maybe you know having sex with locals in some sort of you know uh living euphoria maybe he mentioned it to a couple people and maybe they took it a little too literally i could see this panning out but as usual unless we had the home stenographer we'll never know that honestly is going to be a future dollar slice take. I want a home stenographer like the SNL sketch from a couple weeks ago. I think that that would be brilliant. Did but, SNL steal that? That's an yeah. old Chappelle bit. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah they oh, like... man. Oh, that's a Chappelle <laughs> show bit. Uh-oh. Well, Benny, speaking of stealing. No, just kidding. I'm not going to do Joe Cocker like this. On this day in 1968, <laughs> Joe Cocker goes number one with the Beatles with a little help from my friends. Now, Benny, uh, I got kind of a problem with this. I don't think somebody should be able to go number one with a song that they're essentially covering. Now, I know Joe Cogger's version is like classic, iconic, and different, right? Yeah. But come on. I mean, I don't. That's 
You, you got to do the work. I mean, I wish you were right because fundamentally I'd agree with you, but you'd basically be negating like the bulk of pop music from the 50s and 60s if you did that because of the amount. I mean, every day I honestly learn it just happened to me. One of my favorite songs ever is Try a Little Tenderness by Otis Redding. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like one of those perfect songs that you can't fuck with. My wife finds a a Sam Cooke record, you know, a Mm -hmm. triple record with all this stuff on it. And what do I hear? Try a Little Tenderness, predating Otis Redding's. Mm -hmm. I had no idea he even did it. Thought it was an Otis Redding song. So I think in that world, uh, you might eventually, if you did your homework, you'd shoot yourself in the foot a little. What about Limp Biscuit breaking on George Michael's face? That's true. Come on, you know, classic group. (laughs) Okay, maybe, Han, a quick addendum since this is uh, the time of the year where people sell out for votes and stuff like that. I'm going to 10-year caveat. If the song came out in the last 10 years, can't go number one with it, but once you get past 10 years, it's fair game. Now you sound like fucking a copyright lawyer. All right, Benny, let's get to uh, the first topic of the day. And I want full disclosure here. We are not a political podcast. We are not CNN. We're not going to try to tally votes because, quite frankly, I feel like that's other people should be handling that that are more responsible than us. But we do have a major presidential election right now happening. Still going. Still going. And honestly, I'm kind of into this three-day music festival that is the u.s presidential election who wants a one-night concert when you could just have you know day after day uh these speeches craziness i'm sure a lot of people are consuming a fair amount of alcohol now i know that this is the over oversimplified version of this but i think it's fun there is an absence of sports right now this is the slowest basketball game i've ever watched in my life but eventually you know one team is gonna win and the other isn't it's interesting you say this. It's a very uh, sort of anarchistic look on things. And I didn't take you as an anarchist, Emmy. Good for you. I'm not. I'm not. You know, people baby. like me, punk rockers who've been listening to punk and metal their whole lives, once the world starts burning, there is kind of a morbid curiosity and interest in just watching it happen. Because we've been talking about the fact that it's possible for the entirety of being subversive, you know? Uh, You know, what's funny about this is, you know, at this rate, I'm more interested in fantasy football than I am the NFL. I'll just admit it. You know, I pay much closer attention to my teams than I do the the real ins and outs and minutia of the league at this point. And the thing that all of these fantasy servers have really perfected is with the rankings, the projections, the you know, little points and numbers that you can skew in different ways and the ways you can effectively follow it through an NFL day, you know, they've really figured it out where it's uh, it's hamster pellets for the hamster mind, you know, like we barely can control ourselves. And I sit there and I open these, um, these graphs and these things about the counts and I can't help but them reading the exact same way with these slight percentage checks and and what it does is i mean it brings somebody back in every 5 10 15 minutes to watch these tiny little progressions that could or may not be happening and that you have no power over anyway so uh, you know as i said in the beginning the 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 one place i'm trying to stay with all this 
is not frantic because I believe uh, a lot of people are capitalizing on what's happening and they have been for a long time. Um, and the way they capitalize is with my obsession, you know, and with my mania and with being like, listen, when the people are this frantic, they click onto our site this many times and I can charge you this much more for your spot. So there is something connected there. And, and I do think what's really happening is happening, but I do think people are capitalizing on the spectacle mm. and they know how to draw us in, you know? Full disclosure to the audience out here. I you was... voted for Trump. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sweet Jesus. I was one of those kids that growing up, uh, I would watch almost the entire NFL draft, college football, National Signing Day, these boring wow. ass events that nobody. That's nerdy shit. It was, man, dude, nerdy I was shit. into it. I was hardcore into it. And this took me back to almost a childhood memory of. Of God, this sounds so fucking pathetic, but of just, you know, sitting there bit by bit, seeing pieces of something that could actually be something else come into place. Now, I have a big time winner of this media spectacle and a big time loser. My big time loser, Nate Silver of 538. He sucked when he was doing sports. He said that the Sixers were going to have like 16,000 championships with the process. That never happened. He switches over to politics in, in, in a 538 venture, and he's just the last two elections. I, I think that for these pollsters, it should be like if you have if, if, if you're a coach, you get two opportunities, and if you screw the pooch, you really don't often get a third. I mean, explain this to me, okay? Where exactly do these polls come from? Because I've existed for a long time. I get emails and calls from all sorts of outfringing of political groups and things like that. I've never been called for a poll. I've never been asked. Like, where does this information actually come from? They do call. I've been called. I've 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 got. Oh, you've been called. Why don't they call me? Do you think? Oh, come on. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh... Benny, you know, your information is very private. You know, you didn't like that the, that Zoom started sending emails. So Ugh. I think because you've been such a private person and I've more been out here in these streets, I think that's <laughs> why people know where to find me. But okay. not, so so they call people um, and, you know, these these are not quick things, but I think there's a bunch of people. I think when this went south, is when people have landlines, it's like, okay, it's way more accurate. Now that you have like like yeah. cell phones and burners and all of this stuff, people are, are, are less inclined to pick up because they think that, you know, someone's gonna try to say that they owe a Egyptian insurance company fifteen thousand yeah, right. dollars. Sure, so sure, I think sure. sane people are less likely to pick up. So anyone that's picking up a random number, you gotta, you know, question where they're coming from in the first place. Oh, and this is interesting you say that because, I mean, I hate to be stereotypical, but the people who do pick up random numbers maybe don't get a lot of calls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, maybe people who are more, like, out in the middle of nowhere. Well, that wouldn't explain the the, the misunderstanding of the polls, though. Yeah. yeah, I don't really, I mean, if there's anything I learned from 2016, it was to, like, shut that off completely because I used to trust them, and that's when they lost my trust yeah. for very obvious reasons. Yeah. And this is a, a repeat of that. I mean, I don't know. There's something 
there's always something. And it's, it's one of the great mysteries we'll be looking at from now on is like what the fuck this guy exactly tapped into. Mm. And he even tapped into people who don't fucking do polls. Yeah. And there's, you know, so <laughs> like, like there is, it's just, it's fascinating. It, it really is like, uh, uncharted territory. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're using these, these old models and these old ideas to try to understand what's happening. And, and I think it's antiquated, you know? My winner of this entire process. Yeah. Okay. John King, CNN, him and Wolf Blitzer out here doing 16 <laughs> rails of Adderall. <laughs> oh, it, this guy's fucking incredible to me. He knows every county in the country. He knows where it voted in the past. Not, he, he's worked on nine presidential cycles. I don't know how that's possible. He's been in this for he's been in the game for 40 years. Incredible. So he's out here doing the damn thing. And just an encyclopedic knowledge of the country. Um, honestly, if I'd love to have him on the show. I don't even want to talk to him about politics. I just want to know what this guy is like. This guy, yeah. a lot like me during this segment right now, can't stop talking. Rattles off <laughs> this, that, this, that, all, all over the place. He goes from Pennsylvania to, to Arizona, Nevada, back, knowing all these counties. Incredible. Hats off to him. Even if democracy is going down the tubes, at least it's going down with a nice smile, you, you know? So, John King, saying. shout out to you. There was a, I, I forget the exact quote, but Noam Chomsky uh, had said that if you think the American people are stupid, <laughs> you're wrong, and go ahead and turn on sports radio if you want to know the reason I say that. He's like, they have an incredible retention and understanding of certain things. They just use it in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and as you know, as someone that works in sports talk radio, I think that's why I can stomach all of this. I think this gives a lot of people anxiety. To me, I, oh, there's three segments an hour, like three breaks in the middle. Maybe they, they double break one. This is, this is speaking my language in a way that I am not proud of. <laughs> so, all right, lay it. Say uh, it's it's Monday. Yeah. Where do you think we're at by next Monday? What's your prediction? I think we're in a courtroom, and you know, you know how Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street ends in like a courtroom, and all of the kids' letters to Santa. I think we're yeah. gonna have a Christmas Day courtroom. All of the ballots flooded, Judge. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> you know, the peak commercialism, peak clicks. I think the George Bush election what didn't get decided till december 10th so yeah. i think we, we, we may be in time for a nice little christmas time surprise by this thing is all said and done there you go like it how about that i don't think we have any grasp on this whatsoever but do you think that biden pulls off uh nevada arizona and makes it a little bit more man manageable or how do you see this happening oh fucked if i know man <laughs> um <laughs> i mean sure it's possible I mean, in honesty, uh, Trump's been kind of playing out the playbook that a lot of people said he was going to do, you know, a month ago, yeah. which was the early voting is going to swing one way, he's going to claim victory, and then once it starts swinging the other way, he'll claim it's fraudulent, and, you know, basically try to give a big fuck you to democracy as he's walking his way out. You know, it's like those people who got to give you a half moon on their way out the door or something. Um, you know, so I don't know how it pans out, but, uh, 
I think he's going to take it to the bitter end yeah. and uh, go away, you know, kicking and screaming. There's, there's, you know, I've seen some people posting videos of previous presidents who have conceded their losses and talked about the, like, it's not going <laughs> to yeah. fucking happen. You know, you want to be optimistic, go ahead. But the last, you know, three and a half odd years have led me to a completely realistic perspective of the person we're dealing with and the, the people who are willing to support them. So uh, I think I hold no breaths for this to be easy and I hold yeah. no breaths for him to do anything remotely civil or cool. Uh, <laughs> and I think if they get him out, it's going to be in the, you know, the ugliest way possible. So I just hope fucking no one gets killed or something in the process. Now, here's my 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 broader question about society, because, you know, Benny is a he is a pool of wisdom that, you know, I like to dip my toe into when we do these things. Oh, go on. Can you just sue your way to anything you want in this country? Like, can you literally like like look at Trump in Atlantic City and with his companies? Can you just like like sue and trademark your name to like fake wealth? Well, I mean, I think the thing he realizes is that, like, in the end, the decision doesn't even really matter. Yeah. Because, you know, he's dealing with, he, he's not dealing inside of a context he respects. So it's not about the decision. It's about the fight. And it's about convincing all the people that funnel him fucking money every single day that the fight's still on. You know, if he does lose and he actually leaves, I suspect he's going to say Trump 2024 oh, immediately. Yeah. And he's going to continue campaigning. He's going to continue fundraising, taking money from these poor fucking fools. So, you know, I think that's what we're looking at. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, I think after that, we need a li little bit of a pick me up. Let's get into this week's Dollar Slice Take. <laughs> All right, so Benny, keeping it in the spirit of competition, in the spirit of politics, a key Senate race in Georgia, actually two key Senate races in Georgia, are heading into a runoff on January 5th, 2021. And this gets me thinking. You know, there are a lot of ways that we settle conflict. Obviously, back in the day in politics, we used to settle it in duels. That, you know, kind of aged out a little bit for obvious reasons. I think we need to settle more things with a literal runoff. You're having a disagreement with your boy? Sprint it up down the block. Whoever wins is right. So maybe not such a po political runoff, but I think, you know, oh, like who's going to pay for lunch? First one out of the store doesn't have to pay. The second one ha has to pay. So I think we need more literal runoffs to decide things in this country. Your thoughts? Dollar slice take. I don't I don't mind it. I don't <laughs> mind it. And actually my dollar slice take kind of goes off it. So it's like when you reach a stalemate, right? Yeah. There's nothing going on. You know, at this point, oh, there's X amount of million people who like you, X amount of million people who like you. It's almost fucking even. Let's let the world see it. You're here for money anyway. Let's do happy Gilmore style. Oh, excuse me, Billy <laughs> Madison style. Academic. Like a half academic, half physical decathlon, you know, <laughs> where you take, you know, five subjects chosen at random, uh, a couple sporting events, maybe for the old guys that we're <laughs> having the choice to vote for, we'll go like, you know, billiards, 
darts, you know, the things that those two could handle. I don't want to see them going one-on-one. That'd be fucking ugly. Woo. Um, yeah. And then, and then maybe do like, like the way, uh, you know, the shows like American Idol or something like you have your general vote. If it's too close, you televise the academic physical decathlon and then you do a worldwide worldwide, maybe internet vote as to, as to who, who, who finishes. I love it. You know, anything that gets the people involved, high engagement, high clicks. That's what we're all about here at the tune up selling out for clicks and all that stuff. (laughs) I love it. The only problem with that is, like, soon you're going to actually see Terry Crews as president, <laughs> not just an idiocracy. We're going to have Kanye versus The Rock, and I'm... Do you little... see my text before? Kanye West was only on the ballot in 12 states, and he took 60,000 votes. That's that. That's a damn shame. This come. Oh, man, we didn't even get into this. Kanye, for, I think this was Kim Kardashian's birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Made a dollar slice take a reality, presented her a gift of a hologram of her late father talking to her. Oh, and in yeah. the middle of this, he, he's like, And you married the very, very, very smartest, smartest guy in, in the whole entire world, <sighs> Benny. Yikes, would you okay? Two parter, yeah, would you yeah. ever give anybody a hologram? And if no. you had to give anybody a, a hologram, so no family members, but if you had to purchase a hologram, gun to your head, had to purchase a hologram, whose hologram are you looking at? All right. Well, since you gave me the second part, I'm going to say yes for the first part, so I'm not a liar. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it would have to be something funny. You know, it would be like, uh, say, if I knew like a couple that I was very close with, if I knew they were having some problems with sexual relations. I'd get him a Teddy Pendergrass hologram (laughs) to just hang out on the side of the room, sing to them, maybe some tips here and there just to get the lovemaking oily and going. Uh, Yeah, something like that is where I'm going. (laughs) Honestly, I think that that may end more relationships than you think. (laughs) Just having Oh. Just having Teddy in the room, knowing what's out there, knowing what's out there for you. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, man. Very intimidating sexually. I don't even have a guess for that. Um, If you're talking about, like, entertainers, I don't really want to see a concert of holograms. I think that that's kind of corny. Maybe, honestly, maybe a family member coming back. If, if if you get their voice or, or or instead of like you doing the script for it, it's like a, it's like an old voicemail. So like you take like the person out of like a home video, make it a hologram. I don't know, man. I think that people got people got too many secrets <laughs> to just randomly whip out a family member. You don't know the kind of ghosts people got. Like try to play this game with like an Irish person. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do it. You can't do it because every single person in their past probably did something crazy they'll never talk about so all of a sudden they'll show up and you'll just be triggered back to like 13 years old you gotta be careful with this all right second half of the podcast and benny there is some nba news to discuss the nba in thank goodness in the next day or so holding a vote uh for the restart that we talked about 
last week. But the big news this week is that the NBA is trying to get back with fans in the stands, according to Sham Shinaria of The Athletic and Stadium. The NBA aims to have arena suites open to fans at 20 to 50% capacity for the 2021 season tip-off, which is in a couple of weeks. That's crazy inside. Um, Of course, under such protocols of masks, social distancing, tests, is the goal to start the season. That's insane to me. Benny, what what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, so so full disclosure, I've spent a little time in suites. Mm. And it's not as cool as you think. I didn't buy the tickets. I didn't know anyone super cool, but friend uh, of the program, Andy Diamond, used to work for the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls had a box. Every once in a while, I got to sit in the Red Bulls box at Barclays Center. It happened a few times, okay? So I know what they look like. I know what an NBA one looks like. I know what the standard thing is in there. I can safely tell you that 20%, 30%, 50%, None of it would be safe for social distancing at all. Um, So I'm not exactly sure uh, what they mean in that regard. Um, You know, and then again, it's not just the people there, you know, it's the things you got to think about are you're opening the doors to the stadium. Yeah. Staff security. You're going concession again. You got someone to clean it, someone to set it up. You know, all of a sudden there's, hundreds of people accessing the same indoor area. So I think the same problems with the idea exist and it might create more problems, but uh, I'm not an epidemiologist. Mm. And even though I don't think it's safe, they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear by, you know, their approach in, in the starting date. It's one of the first times where, you know, Michelle Roberts, even though she she advocated for her guys as much as possible this time, like the league was just like, nah, it's what we're going to do this time, yeah. you know, and, and there's a lot of money. This is here's the receipts. You show the guys how much money this is. And I bet they'll probably want to do it, too. Yeah. So I think it was that kind of a scenario. I mean, I get it. And I think we discussed on the last episode, I think they're hell-bent on not losing Christmas to the NFL Mm -hmm. in particular. Uh, And again, you know, because of the good revenue sharing that actually exists in the NBA, you know, the players have something at stake. Mm -hmm. And especially the lower-level players who don't make as much money really have a lot at stake in getting it going and playing a full season or as close to a full season as they can. Um, and then I'm assuming, it, you know, everything with the fans in the stadium and all that is going to be state to state. Um, I like the idea of, you know, uh, the Clippers are coming to town. They're going to play their Philly games, their Brooklyn games, their Knicks games, all in the same segment to reduce travel yeah. and maybe stay in the same place. There's a couple ways to, you know, try to minimize it, but... I also I don't think we're going to be looking at another NBA bubble situation yeah. where we kind of went through. You know, there's going to be hiccups. Someone's going to get it. Some team's going to have an outbreak, and we're going to have to deal with it. Um, have you heard about what they're going to do for extending the rosters? I don't think so. I think that there may be a situation where, for at least the start of the season, they have uh, maybe not the 15, but maybe like a, a 13 man roster uh, i'm not sure that the g league 
uh, can factor in this year, given how uh, yeah. the, the financials look. But the interesting thing about this whole thing is, all right, so we heard when all of the unrest was going on last summer that, you know, the players were like, us and the owners are, par- or excuse me, the governors were, were partners. This yeah. is going to be the time to see, do the players actually believe that they're partners or are they going to take in essence, what's going to be less money this year because right. it's probably going to only be between like a 50 and 60 game regular season. Um, and then not not to mention, you know, there's a team like the Lakers. And I know that, that they're always fine, but the way that they deal with Spectrum Sports, it's per game. I know some teams have it for, mm-hmm. for, for the whole season. So there's too much money to be lost for both sides. Sometimes jobs suck. Sometimes bosses suck. But, you know... <laughs> At the end of the day, if your company needs you, you kind of have to get back there. Um, now, are we going to see so much rest? Are we going to uh, see a maybe a team like the Phoenix Suns have a breakout right out the gate? Of course. But So I think that this is really going to help some of the younger teams. I think LeBron's definitely going to take some time off. I think the Lakers are the, – the beginning of next season is going to be fascinating for, for the Lakers. Oh, yeah. But – um, so with this vote coming up, though, I, I, I just wanted to point out, if the players don't agree to it, there is a force majeure clause that the governors have where they could essentially force play to happen regardless of if wow. the Players Association a- agrees to it. It was something that they got when they, when they gave up more of the revenue sharing. So this is going to be a very interesting thing to watch, but we are at the deadline um someone's gonna have to make a move and i'm i'm just kind of glad for the sake of a professional business that we don't have to claim like a moral high ground anymore this is a business sometimes feelings do get hurt the nba had really good pr no cases they were doing so much good stuff for black lives matter and at the end of the day that can only last so long if you're gonna have a professional basketball association so 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 props to everybody for what's happened but i think that it's going to get a lot tenser they're at the what the limit of their capitalistic yeah Yeah, uh, altruism yeah yeah, yeah, exactly they're at the limit no more we've done enough (laughs) to prove we're cool and now we get to show you we're like everybody else yeah Yeah. so what do we got next what's the thing the draft any big any big predictions from you for uh for, for trades or free agency moves, or we got to wait till the big domino falls? I mean, I could definitely see the the Timberwolves trading down, but I honestly think that Golden State's just going to go ahead and, and, and make the pick because I think that for right now, for this offseason, it is, it is their best option maybe to try to procure another star, potentially. So I, I think that that's the thing for right now. Um, but... Honestly, I think that everyone's talking about Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. Man, I watched Obi Toppin a lot last year. I just can't see a world where he isn't the best player at the top of this draft. I, I mean, he's, he's a lot of fun. He yeah. truly is. But, like, those, he needs to be in, like, one of those perfect situations. Because right. if he goes to a team that needs him to actually play real defense. Yeah. Yeah. For 20, 25 minutes a night, it's it's not going to be good. Yeah. I think he's definitely going to make his way in the league uh because he's such a talented scorer at his size, but it's definitely a question mark if he c- 
can play uh, consistent NBA level defense or if he's just going to be like a guy who comes in for flashes of offense. Yeah. So, you know, less of a sure thing, but definitely I think the the biggest value in this draft is a lot of the guys sitting between, you know, five and 15. And I could see uh, someone big coming out of this. Um, yeah. There's some real talented people, even uh, as Buki from Kansas, mm-hmm. like you look at that kid yeah. and you're like, that's an NBA frame. That's an NBA style of game. You could see him, you know, catching on somewhere in a good role. Tyrese um, Halliburton, I really like really him. like Halliburton. Yeah. yeah, I think he's he's a talented kid with a lot. Um, you know, Avija. You know, I've been tricked a lot by the European model oh. and how they mean it to uh, hey. to translate. So I'm not really worried about his shooting take a numbers. Thirty second timeout on this guy. I finally have a guy in the NBA that has my name. And you want to know something? He's the least <laughs> athletic guy maybe in the history of the league, and I really don't like anything about him. He's going to put the namesake, you know, I know it's like namesake adjacent, but he's going to put that back years, years. Stop it. At least you're getting one. <laughs> and the cool thing is enough people are going to bail on pronouncing his last name that they're just going to call him Denny like they do Luca. So – if he gets if he if he has a run at all, you're gonna get a lot of that. <laughs> Listen, it's no worse. I named my son accidentally off a very famous football player on one of my opposing teams, and I have to listen <laughs> weekly to legions and legions of shitty fans <laughs> chanting my son's name. So I, uh, wow, I know your son's if, name is Odell. That's that, that's yeah, crazy. Odell, <laughs> Odell Horowitz. Perfect. Heard that one before. <laughs> um, but then just, you know, just the last kind of more fun basketball topic that I want to, to touch on. There's speculation, whether it's real or not, we'll we'll see that James Harden potentially Dal Morey would love him to be a Philadelphia 76er, as I'm sure the rest of Philadelphia 76ers were. But I'm not sure that this works. Clearly, Embiid is your best player. I don't think those two could have a kind of Reddit kind of pick-and-pop game. I think Harden's too dominant. So I think if Harden comes to town for the Sixers, I think that means Embiid's out the door, which is insane to me. I've been hearing this. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk about, um, but I don't think it's happening at all. Yeah. Um, You know, the way Philly is set up, you know, I think people forget – uh, you know, the team that the the Raptors and Kawhi hit that funny shot on that very nearly beat him in the Eastern Conference Finals was a Philly team that had the same two superstars they have now. Yeah. They had a strange transitional year. I'm sure if they can get away from Horford somehow they will. Mm. Um, but they're, they're paid into Tobias Harris. Yeah. I have an idea – they're going to expect even more out of Tobias Harris next year and mm-hmm. not uh, pull the plug on him. And every feeling I get from the the types of uh, GMs they are, I think Elton Brand and Daryl Morey are sitting down to a very fine wine <laughs> right now, and they're talking about the pieces you could put around those guys to make it work again because it obviously did. Yeah. And you know, you took away a JJ Redick and a Bellinelli you know, not to take anything away from those guys, but those are guys you can get in the league. You can piece a few guys together. And I think you'll see some sort of 
Ben McLemore style reclamation projects, you know, like Daryl Morey's history of, you know, taking formerly top lottery picks and getting the most out of them a little later in their career. I think there's a lot of avenues for him to be clever and put the supporting pieces around the big cogs. But the guy loves superstars, man. And you could make a case that he is two of the top, I don't know the exact, 10 15, to 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like players in the league. So, yeah, I, I, the guy's not going away from it, especially for the one that he just tried to pair <laughs> with. Wait, what's the list? Dwight Howard, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Chris Paul, uh, and now, you know, whatever. Yeah. Russell Westbrook probably wasn't Maury's trade anyway. But, um, you know, why would he, like, repeat – that experiment yeah. uh, and have to build a team uniquely around such a unique player again. Mm. It was a hard job and he did it well, but I don't think he's, he's uh, anxious to take that job again. Yeah. You know, what's hilarious about this. You know, I saw the tweet when they, when they hired Maury, apparently they were at dinner in New York city, which I can only assume two weeks ago was outside. I don't think they, I don't Must think New been. York city was inside yet. So, Here's what I, I, I want to know. I want to know if this Elton Brand, Dal Morey meeting was like, they're like, hey, you're in New York. I'm in New York. Let's get drinks. And then they're like, oh, shit, we got to get a pizza with these drinks. And then the report is, these two met for dinner. The next thing you know, it happened. Honestly, a whole lot <laughs> worse has happened in, in this world over having to buy food during this pandemic drinking rink, So Yeah. And I mean, you know, Elton Brand is like one of the most like well-respected guys in the league. And I, I don't think you're going to have a power play there. It doesn't yeah. seem like, you know, I think it's the, it's in his best interest for this team to succeed. Cause he put it together, you know, he made the major trades and he put this core together. So I think they're definitely going to play nice for a while. Yeah. And it's amazing. Literally every year, even in the, the, the beginning stages of this off season, I can start convincing myself that Philly can like really <laughs> do some damage and make a run. You start looking at this team on paper every time. It's really enticing. Yeah. And and it's it's a struggle to see why it doesn't work sometimes. So I'm kind of in the same boat again. I'm sitting here talking about their players and who they have, and I'm talking myself into Philly being very good again. <laughs> well, if you're talking yourself into Philly, you can contact the program at the tune-up podcast at gmail.com two p's in there you can follow us on twitter instagram at the tune-up hq the tune-up on twitch if you want to follow the big man he is at benny horowitz one number one in your mind number one in your heart number one on twitter i am at denny underscore gallagher benny you got anything else yeah i even i deleted this tweet earlier today because i'm trying not to be that kind of guy you know some some morality influencer <laughs> But there's a couple things about this election from a personal level I want to say. Like we talked about in the beginning, the barbecue man, I feel bad for the barbecue man. I don't hate the barbecue man. And I think that's what kind of separates us from them a little bit is the idea of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and carrying some empathy. So I think that's the thing that people need to make sure they don't lose and I think if for some reason Biden actually wins and this becomes a thing, the last thing we should do is stick our noses in people's faces and be dicks about it, should offer a road to redemption 
and we should leave a door open for people who jumped on the wrong train to change their mind. Cause you know, who the fuck are we if we don't allow that? Always act like you've been there before. You've been listening to the tune up. <laughs>